Welcome to As I Live and Grieve, a podcast that tells the truth about how hard this is. We're glad you joined us today. We know how hard it is to lose someone you love and how well-intentioned friends and family try so hard to comfort us. We created this podcast to provide you with comfort, knowledge, and support. We are grief advocates, not professionals, not licensed therapists. We are you. Hi, and welcome back, everyone, to As I Live in Grief. Our guest today is from the exciting country of Italy, and I'm so happy that our paths crossed, and I'm so pleased to introduce you to Susan Hayes. Hi, Susan, and welcome. Hi, Kathy. Thank you so much for having me here, and thank you to you and your daughter for for doing this and being divinely guided to do this podcast, and welcome to the listeners. Thanks, and you know, it, it is... It is an inspiration for us, and we truly enjoy it. It's become our passion. So, Susan, before we get started with our topic at hand, which I have labeled from grief to joy, would you just give our listeners a little bit of your background, please? Okay, so, um, so much to share. My grief story, more directly and indirectly, well, we'll talk about the direct and the obvious grief story, is I lost my husband to cancer about three, just just more than three years ago. And he was very sick for about three and a half years prior to that. So there was a lot of anticipatory grief. Is he going to make it? Is he not? And it was the grief after that. I never felt that way before, but it also opened up the grief that was related to so many other experiences in my life before I even met my husband. It was the grief of the person that I had lost along the way in my husband's death. Obviously, there was a lot of grief just with that, but it reopened old childhood wounds and traumas that I had never really fully addressed. And so it just all came out like that messy caterpillar, and it was an opportunity for, you know, tremendous growth. So I'll start with that. Okay, that that sounds good. And several things you said are very intriguing to me. The fact that it reopened some old wounds is something that I think a lot of us don't really think about, don't really acknowledge. So that was a very interesting perspective. Now, you claim now to be in a more joyful position, happier with your life and everything. Was there a particular milestone in your grief journey? Was there a particular instance or something that happened that kind of turned the tides? Yes, I would say, well, I'd say there's, it seems like there's one thing, Kathy, but I think we both know that it was like all this preparation leading up. I felt like I had been prepared for this eventuality, and I'm so grateful for that. I think that's number one. Number two, when my husband did pass, I felt such grief, and what I had learned through my own journey of seeking out holistic coaches and modalities for healing, I realized that being in question is really important. And I said, okay, this is how I feel right now in this moment. I feel really crappy. (laughs) I feel like somebody just ripped my heart out in the stomach and I'm just empty and hollow. And so I asked, how do I get to the point where I want to be which is feeling a heck of a lot more joy, like right now in this moment. So I asked universe, God, my higher self, what can I do, be, 
and have to feel way more joy now. That was really the one thing that was that pivoted me and just helped to open me up to so many opportunities where the universe, God, just showed me, okay, is that what you want? You made it really clear. I put that command out there like a transmission. It was like, okay, we'll show you. And I asked it, I, I still ask it every single day. And then I pay attention to what appears in my awareness. And then I listen and I allow myself to receive it. And there are times where I don't always receive it. And even though I get the answer and that's about maybe some limiting belief systems, you know, thinking you don't deserve it and you kind of ignore it and like, no, I can't do that. So those kind of things. So it's definitely been a process and a journey, but I would say that question, number one. You have said so much in those words. You have mentioned mindset. You have mentioned perspective. You have mentioned having an open mind. You have mentioned looking for those signs and everything. What what signs did you see or what was put before you that kind of led you, started to lead you in this different direction? I can give you some specific examples. I... My husband planted a beautiful, beautiful garden about the year before. It was like, get out in that garden. And I sat. I sat. I didn't have my phone with me. I didn't look at my phone. I didn't even listen to music. I sat outside in nature and just enjoyed the essence of those flowers. So I, in doing what seemed to be nothing, I was doing what my body needed was just to be rest and in repose without any distractions. So those were one of the things I was guided to do and eventually actually stop planting, give myself some kind of purpose. I also had asked my husband before he died, when I felt two days before, I said, you know, you, you may die. Your time may be up and you may be transitioning. I know, you know, it's not an easy thing for me to talk about um, or maybe for you to want me to talk about. I said, if that happens, can you please, please let me know that you're, that you're, that you're okay, that you're doing well. And two days after my husband passed, I was sitting outside by the flowers. All of a sudden I saw this baby turtle, really tiny. I've seen big, I was in Florida at the time, big, huge turtles. This one was little and he's coming right towards me with no fear. Comes waddling up to my chair stops and looks right up at me. I'm like, I'm like, this turtle isn't afraid yet. Like he's tiny. And I said, Oh my God, my husband, while he was alive, we called him the turtle whisperer. Oh my goodness. I was like, because turtles always came up to him and he always took them and brought them back to the water. They loved him. So I saw this as a very clear sign of him you know, communicating with me through this turtle that, yeah, I'm good. I'm better than ever. And it was like a rebirth because it was a little turtle. It wasn't even a big one. It was a tiny one. So I felt like he had been rebirthed. And so that gave me peace of mind, tremendous peace of mind. I said, wow, we're celebrating a new life. We're celebrating a new cycle for my, my husband, my late husband, wherever he was right now. That knowingness gave me tremendous, tremendous peace of mind and joy. What a lifting moment for your heart that was broken. It's just, and my daughter would love that story because she loves turtles. 
And one of the things she dearly wants to do is to be on the beach and watch the turtles make their way back to the water. That's one of her wishes. Wow, look at the synchronicity. Ooh, I, I got know, goosebumps. I know. Isn't this isn't this something I do too? I do too. So that definitely, I guess I would have felt the same way, that that definitely was a sign. And then that helped move you forward, certainly, because you could recall that and know that your husband was okay. And I, I can totally understand needing that comfort and knowing that he was okay. And then what happened? It was What other side? It was so, you know, I just happened to be, and this is what I, when I refer to feeling like I was prepared for this, perhaps this was in the blueprint and what my husband and I had chosen to embark upon before we were even born. Like it was a contract, a soul contract that we had made. That was the clarity that I received. I was already, already very, very intuitive. And honestly, the grief I felt like just put me more in touch with spirit. And perhaps my husband was helping to open up those channels. So sometimes that's what these kinds of challenges, the loss of somebody helps us to do. And I was, we were in Florida because I had chosen to embark about a journey of healing where I was becoming a, I, I, I was a practitioner for the special type of highly advanced specialized therapeutic massage, structural massage that had to also do with brain detox and all that. And I was a client and I also received the work because of that. I had so many colleagues who reached out and said, Hey Sue, I'd be happy to offer you a session. I know that can be really tough. People, friends all over just offered complimentary sessions for me. And I took them up on it. I said, yes. And it really, really helped to dissipate the grief because there was emotional energy release therapy. There was breath work that was helping to bring up those emotions related to grief and again, to dissipate those. And then I also received what's called, I call it the a brain detox. The fancy name is the frontal occipital decompression, where you're really helping to dissipate the, the, those, the grief and the stories that get kind of caught up in that mind and that mindset, that mind-body-spirit connection. And that's really what dissipated the grief for me, was, was getting that support in that way. And, and it gave me tremendous insight in as a, I don't want to call it a side effect, but. <laughs> Give us the name again of that brain detox in case someone wants to research it. A Absolutely. Bit. So the umbrella it comes under is structural energetic therapy. The main headquarters is based out of Florida, Florida, excuse me, Tampa, Florida. And it's with Don McCann is the founder there are practitioners all over the United States. I'm not sure if it's reached globally. It's reached globally in the sense that there are people who do the work remotely and energetically. And that, that's a branch that is found underneath the umbrella of structural energetic therapy. So it, it encompasses, integrates the mind-body-spirit connection. Okay. Thank you. Because I know some people who might be listening Sometimes you reach a point in your grief, as you know, where you'll try anything. Mm. You just want something to fix it. Yeah. You want to feel better. And that's one of the things we try to offer is different or potential solutions. So in case someone's interested. So, so thank you. Again, to me, I think we're talking about mindset. 
as the critical piece that really changed your path in grief journey. So knowing all that, would you say that you no longer grieve? Oh, no. Oh, God, no. I'm still grieving. No, that's a great question because I think people think, oh, grief to joy. That's it. You're done. You, you finished the grieving process. No, it's, it's what I liken it to is that it used to come in huge waves with the initial wave being like a tsunami that just totally knocked me out. And there was quite a bit of devastation. But within that, a lot of the soil grows back. The trees grow back. Um, certain trees never grow back, you know, related to maybe relationships. <laughs> Even the relationship with yourself is very different. I still grieve, but it's certainly not anywhere near the intensity that it used to be. Part of that is um, more than three years. The time does help. Um, however, it's also just all the different tools that I've used in that perspective that I have shifted with and have learned to still use that the mindset to help understand the bigger picture and see the gifts within it and have purpose like you. You started this podcast because of it. And so there's purpose and passion. Right. You mentioned other tools you've used. What else have you used that has helped you? I have reached out to other coaches. I had had a coach at the time and she was, you know, she doesn't really have a label. She uses a lot of questions and she's very tapped into intuition in the energy. She was sometimes you know, she would receive messages telepathically from my husband in spirit. I had other friends who also, they don't like to call themselves medium. Some do, some don't. That would actually deliver messages from my husband telepathically and do quote unquote energy work. And oftentimes asking questions like, oh, okay, your stepsons are no longer in your life. You know, that was that was hard for me. When my husband died, the connection was lost with my stepsons. They pulled away and there was a lot of loss in terms of his whole family. I'm really not connected to anybody in his family. And that that was tough for me, too. I think that just exasperated my grief. So I it pushed me to to go to these these healers who had a very non-traditional, unconventional approach because I had tried traditional therapy when I would go. All of a sudden, oh, it's it's closed. It's closed. We're no longer offering sessions. The, the door would be locked up. There'd be nobody there. And I'm like, okay, this is not what I'm supposed to do. I was just, obviously, when a door closed and another door closed, it just pushed me in a different direction. So I'm not saying that isn't the right modality for someone else. But for me, I was being guided to a different path. And so what it's really paying attention and listening and what path is going to be best for you, because it may not be the same path as mine. And that's why it's so important, even though you have friends who, with good intentions. Oh, my God, I did this or I know somebody who was, you know, lost a loved one and this is what they did. And it really helped. Yet, what if it's something else for them? And that's why it's so important to maybe ask those open questions ask stupid questions like what is going to bring me joy make it really clear show me god show me universe make it really clear and present those opportunities to me and what can i let go of so i can receive those opportunities that information with ease it's being in question and tapping into your own expert you are the expert you are the expert and that expert within you may even guide you to 
externally other experts, but only you truly, truly know. Only you. Right. And to continue on your path, your grief journey, I call it both, you have to do something very important, and that's to move. You, you can't just sit and say, okay, I've asked the question. <laughs> and, and you can't just sit there and wait. You have to open yourself to the opportunity. You have to move. That answer may come as you go to the grocery store one day. You might see in something advertising, who knows, a workshop or a therapist, who knows. But the sign will be there if you look and if you have an open mind. Can we talk for a minute about the secondary grief that you experienced, the loss of your husband's family, your stepson? That was like, well, double jeopardy, I guess. I mean, it happened at the same time. Did that ever resolve, or how did you justify, or how did you overcome that? Oh, lots of questions there, and it was not easy at first. I I went through the process of feeling a lot of anger and and sadness, obviously, because I helped raise them. To me, they were my kids, too. Yet we had already started with, particularly with the younger one, really started to have some distance. And, and I was already mourning that disconnect because he used to call me Mama Sue, and we had such a good relationship. Asking the questions and examining it differently, looking with a bigger, more expansive lens, it was triggering this old default pattern that I had well before I even met the kids, you know, before I even met my husband, that had to do with a sense of betrayal, a sense of abandonment, that I wasn't lovable, not loved enough. And so if I'm putting out that vibration, whether it's, and it was subconsciously, obviously, I wasn't aware I was putting out that, that resonance, I'm going to have people match that. They're going to match it to validate what I'm already feeling, what I'm already believing. And so when I understood it from that perspective, I said, oh, wow. And there's also, as I've gotten, as I tapped in and like what's right about this that I'm not, that I can be aware of, they're having a hard time. They associate me with the loss of their dad. And it's easier for them not to have contact with me because they don't have to contend with that memory right now. It's just too painful. And perhaps at some point we, we will. I mean, I just send a message to my oldest stepson every now and then. Um, but yeah, and so that's been easier. And I also feel that, and they have a mom in their life. She's a wonderful mom. They're doing well. I'm grateful for that. And, and that's really what's important. And would I still be in Italy if we were still very connected? Maybe, maybe not. Have they afforded me that, you know, opportunity to really focus on just me? Is that sour grapes? I'm not sure. Yet, I'm sure there's still some layers there that are unraveling. However, I definitely and much more at peace with it, with that bigger lens and understanding how I may have created that situation with my belief that I will be betrayed and expect to be betrayed and abandoned. Again, very powerful words. And again, confirmation that grief doesn't end. Uh, I'm sure at every holiday that comes, there are thoughts and memories of what might have been. 
we all kind of go through some of that. And I know there are probably many, many people out there that have had that secondary occurrence when they've lost the family that they thought they were close to. I see postings every so often in a Facebook group that someone is upset because their husband's family or their partner's family no longer speaks to them. And it hurts when you become so close. So grief to joy, Susan, where are you now in your grief journey that you can label it joy? So to go back a little bit, you had mentioned something you actually have to move when you ask those questions. And you're absolutely right. You need to take inspired action. So one of those inspired actions was to actually have a physical move. So four months, only four months after my husband passed, I moved from Tampa, Florida to Miami Beach, Florida, against a lot of advice from well-intended friends and individuals saying, you can't do that. You can't do that. Can't do anything for a year. Right. You know, and it was actually just exactly what my soul needed. And it definitely, it was my healing journey there. I cried a lot. I, sometimes I sat, sometimes I moved. It was, I, I paid attention to, to what I needed and I'm grateful for that. And then eventually I moved again, as you can see, I'm now in Italy. So I've learned to let go of a lot and recognize that it's more my experiences in life and living it fully that what is what's going to be give me joy and not necessarily hanging on to material things. And even my husband's things, I really don't have much of, you know, what we had together. And even the pictures I tried to salvage on his laptop, they just kept disappearing. And I realized maybe that's the universe saying, don't anchor yourself in the past, enjoy the sweet memories you have so that you can truly stay present and move in the forward in the future. So it's really focusing on the now and enjoying the memories and like, wow, if, you know, if I never met him, if I never had the kids in my life, I wouldn't be grieving the way I am. Like I have, I'm, and I wouldn't be the person that I am. And, and through the grief has pushed me to so many wonderful people like you that I wouldn't have met otherwise. And that's where the gift comes in. And so when I focus on the gifts, it truly, truly does dissipate the grief. And I still communicate with my husband. It's not the same as the physical, but I talk to him all the time. And it may sound crazy, but I do. And I, and there are times where I feel like I hear something like, yeah, okay, baby, like, don't worry about that. <laughs> You know, and so, again, that gives me peace of mind. And so it's making the most of life, having a purpose. I've pivoted my career into writing. I've, re- I've written three books since my husband has died with his guidance, I'm sure. And then with especially with one of them. Number two, I am a speaker. I'm a life coach. And he his it's funny because when he was sick, I felt he would like his illness was holding me back. Yet I realized as it got closer to when he actually died, he was actually pushing me forward into how I was meant to show up in this world and really truly fulfill my mission. It's just it's shifting that perspective and seeing it differently. That's really what I have done is it's a mindset. It's shifting perspective. So it almost sounds like you are considering where you are now in life, a gift that was given to you by your husband through his death. Is that correct? Yes. 
I know it sounds crazy, but yes, absolutely. And so I am so grateful for him. I've, I've, he loved me so much. He loved me so much. And this is going to sound off. He loved me so much that he, he died for me. Yes. And I feel his. I can't tell you how much that, that hits my heart. Mm. Okay. We're, we're winding down our time now. So what I'd like to do, I'd like to hear more about your books. Tell me about your books. Okay. So there's three of them right now. One of them is Ollie Oddball, which is geared for kids, but it really could be geared for anybody. It's, um, it was birthed when I was teaching second grade, and, and it was a lot of my students who didn't feel like they fit in. And I think we can all relate to that at some point, that we just don't fit in. And that's what really, when my husband died, that was where it was like, okay, what do I need to resolve in me? Where's the part with me that I didn't feel like I was good enough because I was different, like there was something wrong with me. So that really connected with me. And even though the book was the idea and the rough draft was 10 years earlier, that's finally was ready to be birthed. The second book was from journaling with my husband and his death and his passing, where I just wrote down how I felt and synchronicities and what was showing up and the opportunities that were presenting themselves. And I realized, wow, this, this could help other people. So that morphed into the book, Widow Wisdom, How to Find the Joy Amidst the Teardrops of Grief. Notice that I'm not saying, oh, there's no grief. It's just saying, let there be loving companionship. Let there be a loving companionship, a loving relationship between joy and grief. Grief is still an undercurrent in my life today. It's just not that tsunami it used to be. <laughs> and that one was very much guided with my husband. And so his name is on that book because I would get so many downloads of information in his first language, which is Spanish. And it's not my first language, even though I, I was fluent in Spanish. The third book I'm just getting ready to publish. It actually, the paperwork is published. The ebook is, there's been a lot of complications. So I'm not wanting to share the link yet because the link is going to the ebook, which I am published, but it's published. Amazon has made some mistakes. Well, for whatever reason, it's just not meant to be an ebook. I feel strongly that if there's too many, it's not happening with ease. Anyways, it's called The South Beach Diet of Joy, Reigniting the Spark Within. So it gets back into just showing up and being your authentic self. And when we lose somebody like that, all of a sudden, we're not busy and distracted with taking care of a husband, a wife, a child, all of a sudden the focus is on us because now we have, depending on when we lose our, our part, if we had children or not, you find that the distraction is no longer there and the attraction, main attraction, as I say, is us. It's me, it's you. And so it's, okay, it's time to acknowledge the grief of the loss of who you, the loss of yourself along the way. So it's just becoming into alignment with your authentic self, the desires, the true desires that you've wanted all along. And that's where the joy comes in when you are in alignment with that. And so that's why it's, that's where the joy comes from. And it's the South Beach diet of joy because that's where I got my joy back was moving to South Beach. Could be for, to a snowy mountaintop for somebody else or not a move at all, but maybe changing something within the house and renovating I also call it the South Beach Diet of Joy because there was a popular diet, the South Beach Diet, 
where it was weight management, there was a certain certain foods to eat. However, in the diet of joy, it, the diet comes in in terms of the die off of those limiting belief systems that don't serve you, that are blocking you from joy. And it's an expansive diet in a sense. You, you do what works for you. It's seeing the bigger picture and that's where the joy comes in. When you are able to see, shift your perspectives more expansively and see the blessings and the gifts, it certainly dissipates the grief. Are your books available on Amazon? Right now, the last two are available. The Widow Wisdom, How to Find the Joy Amidst the Teardrops of Grief is available as an ebook and a paperback version. The South Beach Diet of Joy, Reignite the Spark Within. The paperback is, is available. However, I'm waiting to see the proof first before I share that link. In the meantime, when people, when people want to see when that becomes live or check out the other book, I do have a website where there's a section with books. And that's susanhayes.podia.com. My courses, my books, all the information, pretty much the information is there. And right now for the South Beach Diet of Joy, there is an option to read the first chapter for free as a gift. So people may even want to look at that's available now. So people can see, okay, does this resonate with me? Let me check out this first chapter. And eventually I will be replacing that with the link to my paper book, but that book. Well, fingers crossed that hap- that happens very quickly. Yes. So it is time now for me to wrap up. And before I do that, I want to turn the mic over to you, Susan, so you can speak directly to our listeners without me interrupting with questions and comments. Go ahead. Okay, my beautiful peeps, thank you so much for tuning in. I want to first and foremost say honor your journey, honor your journey. And if there's any feelings of anger, resentment towards other people and how they may be perhaps seem to have changed with the shift that you have gone through with the loss of a loved one, try to find a bigger picture and oftentimes know that if there's that trigger there, perhaps is an opportunity to heal something within you. I found that when I was able to heal within me, I saw I was able to understand better why people were perhaps acting the way they were and that it was perhaps more about me or an opportunity to grow and, and just see it from a different perspective. The other thing is, it's okay to have fun. It's okay to have fun and to have fun in your way. Sometimes when we've lost a loved one, we think grief needs to look a certain way, that we've got to wear certain colors and we have to be kind of sad because other people might judge us. And trust me, I was judged. I was like at the amusement park two weeks later. Do what brings you joy and let go of the judgment. Let go of the judgment, especially if it's going to block you from your joy especially if it's going to block you from your joy. What was the third thing I wanted to say (laughs) is maybe there isn't a third thing. It's really just honor your journey and it's okay to share your story of grief. You want to make sure that you're not sharing in such a way that it anchors you in the past rather than propels you forward. So just, just remember that it's okay to share your story. Do it in a way that propels you forward or allows you to heal. Sometimes when we're into a lot of times in our story and looking at the past, 
it's keeping us from enjoying the present and in the new chapter that we have, whether we like it or not, we have a new chapter. And so it's being able to embrace that while enjoying the sweet memories of what we've had with our loved ones. And thank you. Thank you so much. So listeners, you, that's right. Not me, not Susan, but you, you know where your joy lies. You have to open your mind and find it, admit it to yourself, be honest. And all of that is part of self-care because in self-care, you know what feels good and be in the moment for whatever feels good. It's you, not your neighbor, not your best friend, not your mother, your mother-in-law or anyone else. You know what you need. So somehow find that. And it may take sitting down, taking a deep breath and changing your mindset. You may have to say, I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I need to move forward. So it's all on you. Take care of yourselves. And I hope you'll tune in again next week as we all continue to live and grieve. Thank you so much for listening with us today. Do you have a topic that you'd like us to cover or do you have a question from one of our episodes? Please email us at info at asiliveandgrieve.com and let us know. We hope you will find a moment to leave a review, send an email, and share with others. Join us next time as we continue to live and grieve together.